back to our weekly Tehillim class. I hope uh, everyone is benefiting from it as much as I am. And as I've always said, there are no coincidences when it comes to our Tehillim class, and this will be not this will not be an exception to that rule. You will see that sometimes we open up Prakma of Tehillim that we just happen to be at, we happen to be coming across, and lo and behold, it ties into the time period or to something that we're experiencing in the world. This will not be different. It was unanticipated. I can't say that I uh, knew that we would be getting ourselves into this, but uh, that's the beauty of studying is sometimes you find things that you didn't expect to. And uh, again, I want to thank you all for joining me for the ride. I would not have the impetus to study Tehillim if it were not for the wonderful participants that join us each and every week. As we know, at the beginning of the summer, we were hoping to be back in person, but uh, that has not come to fruition. So uh, we will do this week, next week, and then we'll see afterwards, but uh, hopefully after the Yom Tovim. That's the plan. The plan is to be back in person as much as I enjoy seeing a few of your faces um, and some of you preparing your breakfasts and the rest of your name. So I enjoy even more the energy that comes with studying together in person. And so please, God, after Yantif, we will be back in person. We're going to study chapter 61 of Tehillim, which is what we are up to. And as I said, it was completely unanticipated, but there are a lot of connections between this chapter and Elul. Now, how do I know there are a lot of similarities between this chapter and Elul? Well, because I was studying the Malbim. The Malbim arguably is my favorite parish when we study Tehillim. And listen to what the Malbim says on his introduction to Tehillim. Again, for those who are coming late, we are on chapter 61. Says the, Ram, says the Malbim, B'mizmor ze rachash libo davar tov. Right? David HaMelech is feeling good. V'yomar ki ein babiyoso nirdaf mibnei Shaul ad siuri hayalim. U'bein ba'is hatzlachaso she'igil malchus. David says that my commitment to Hashem, that the way I feel about my Judaism, the way I feel inspired and energized is no different when I'm being chased and run away versus when I experience the thrill of becoming the king over the Jewish people, right? says, I am your servant Hashem, no matter what. I am your servant, whether I'm going through difficult times or whether I'm going through positive good times. And then the Malbim says something that I went like that. I said, I can't believe it. He says, Sha'al, David Amalekh is saying that whether I am on the run or whether I am um, the king of the Jewish people, I only have one request, and that is Shifti Hashem. that I can dwell in Hashem's house so that I can serve Him. And then I, I saw that, I said, ah, there's got to be something coming after that. And lo and behold, something came after that. Says the Malbim that this chapter is actually connected to a different chapter, and that is chapter 27 of Tehillim, where we said, The Malbim links our chapter, chapter 61, to the chapter that we read throughout the month of Elul, chapter 27. And he says that there's a similar theme, a similar idea that runs between both of those chapters. And that is the notion that wherever we find ourselves, and no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, I only have one request, and that is to dwell in the house of Hashem. Shifti beves Hashem. In our parak, it's going to be phrased a little bit differently, but you'll see conceptually it is going to be the same thing. Says the Malbim, v'nechlak l'shnei chalakim. That this is broken up into two parts. Number one, chelak alef, mashaya b'mei anav. 
One is when he was going through difficulty, when he was going through hardship, when he was experiencing the uh, being chased by his enemies. And the second component is when he enjoys the benefits of Hatzlacha, of success. Again, here David is the king. And so what he is communicating is that we have to praise Hashem, both during the good times and during the bad times. And no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in, we always have to yearn to crave. Achat Sha'al v'achat Bikesh. David says, I only have one request. And that is, Sheyeshev Tamid Beves Hashem La'avdo. All I want to do is dwell in the house of Hashem. Now, as we pointed out when we studied chapter 27 of Tillam, that is impossible. There is no way that someone as busy and as successful of David HaMelech can be Sheyeshev Tamid Beves Hashem La'avdo. There's simply no way that David could forego all of his responsibilities as a general, as a judge, as a king, right? There's no way he could just say, you know what, I'm done with all that, I'm giving it up, I'm going to learn in Kola. That is not what David HaMelech said, meant, say the Mepharshim. Rather, what he means is that no matter where I go, I want to feel like I'm dwelling in the house of Hashem. So whether I'm out in battle, whether I'm at the workplace, whether I'm in Publix, whether I am home, whether I'm on vacation, it doesn't really matter. Wherever circumstances I find myself in, I want to feel like I'm before Hashem, serving Him. In the phraseology of chapter 27, it's, I want to feel like I'm dwelling in the house of Hashem. So that even when I'm at work, I feel like I'm serving Hashem. And even when I'm at the gym, if I use it as opportunities, I'm serving Hashem. Even no matter where I am, and no matter what circumstance I find myself in, I want to feel like I am dwelling in the house of Hashem. Now, in this chapter, it's going to be a little bit different. In this chapter, we're tweaking that theme a little bit, where David is saying, not in every circumstance I find myself in. No, it's not whether I'm in the gym, or I'm at home, or I'm on vacation, but in every emotional state that I find myself in. Whether I'm being chased, and I'm going through a very difficult, dark period of my life, I want to feel like I'm before Hashem. And when I have Hatzlacha, when I'm the king, when everything's going well, well, those moments also I want to feel like I'm dwelling in the house of Hashem. So it really is, no matter what circumstances, no matter what emotional state we find ourselves in, no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, no matter where we are geographically, it doesn't matter. Achas Sha'alti, in the words of the Malbim here, Achas Sha'al Achas Bikesh, he says, I just want one thing. Now, we've talked about, we actually referenced it on Behind the Bima a little bit last night, but, you know, sometimes Elo gets very confusing for us. Ah, oh, I gotta work on this, and I gotta change that, and I wanna be better at this. No, no, Elo is actually very simple, right? The consequences of that are very complicated, right? I always say simple, not easy. But Elo is very simple, which is to come closer to Hashem. Achash Alti, I wanna feel Hashem's presence in my life no matter where I am. That's the goal. As Rav Weinberger said last night, behind the bima, he phrased it a little bit differently, where he says, as panecha aniya mivakesh. Right, Hashem, I want your face. And as I want to see you, I want to, I want to feel you. I want to engage in your presence. Right, we've spoken about in the past, that if you're talking to another person, there's nothing more insulting than when they have their back to you. So when we look to Hashem, we say, as panecha Hashem avakesh. Hashem, I want your face. What we're really communicating to Hashem is, Hashem, I want that, rela- <coughs> I want that relationship with you. That's achashalti. That no matter where I go, I want to bring you with me, Hashem. Right? I dropped my uh, kids off at school yesterday. So again, I'm a softie. The first day of school is always hard. 
been spending so much time with them over the summer, go on vacation with them, you have such great memories, and then you drop them off, and you're like, I, I, like there's a void, I, I want to be with my kids, right? My daughter started school today, so I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a dad, I'm a softie for my daughter, I just want to, I want to, how is she? How is she doing? Is she making friends? Like, right, I want to be with her. When you love someone, you don't want to separate from them, you want to be with them all the time. You want to be spending every moment with them. You're worried about them even when you're not with them. That is, says the Malbim, what our parak is about. Again, it's broken up in two parts. The first is when David's going through the bad times, he praises Hashem. And when David is going through the good times, he praises Hashem as well. Says the Malbim, again, for those who came late, we're on chapter 61. This is the understanding of Pasuk 2. Pasuk 2 is, Shema Elohim Rinasi. Hashem, hear my songs of praise. Hakshiva Tfilasi. And listen to my prayer. Now again, for those who have joined our class, know that nothing is a coincidence. Rinasi and Tfilasi sound awfully similar to one another. What is the difference between them? So for here, the Malbim says this is a continuation. He says, Shema Elohim Rinasi, Rinasi is when you're going through the difficult time and you find it within yourself to nonetheless praise Hashem. That's Rinasi. Tfilasi is mashem ispalo bimehatzlachaso. When things are going great, when you're the king, when you're large and in charge, that is tfilasi. Now it's interesting, again, he's the Malbim, he can do whatever he wants. I would have probably flipped that. I would have thought tfila is more of like calling out from tsaras, whereas rina is more joyous when things are going well. But that's how the Malbim understands it. Far be it from me to contradict him. But, uh, but at least that's how the Malbim understands it. Now, I'm only sharing this with you because... We're developing patterns as we learn Tehillim, not because I really think it's going to be significant to any of you, but the Radak understands Rinasi and Tvilasi. He says, Ha-pasuk kefil inyan. It's, it's repetitious, right? It's doing it for a dramatic effect. Now, I only read that for you because if you've been in my class now for almost two years studying Tehillim, you'll know the Radak oftentimes does that. The Radak will oftentimes look at this seemingly repetitious language in Tehillim and say, that's just poetic, Right, just for a dramatic effect. And the Malbim is going to come along almost every time and say, dramatic effect? The Torah doesn't waste language. There's got to be a reason for it. And that's exactly the Shittasam, exactly what they do here. The Radak says it's just repetitious. It's poetic. And the Malbim says, no, there's a significance to that, which is that David HaMelech is sensitizing us that he's not just speaking about one circumstance, but he's speaking about multiple circumstances. Now, this ultimately is the greatest challenge in Judaism, I believe. One of the greatest challenges in Judaism is to see Hashem's hand, to praise Hashem even during the difficult times, both in the good times and in the difficult times. That is the real test of an Eved Hashem. It is very easy to get up there at a wedding, at a Sheva Brachas, at a Bar Mitzvah, and say, Hashem, you're great, thank you so much. It's much more difficult when you feel like you're caught between a rock and a hard place, when you feel like you're going through a difficult time. And even in that moment, to be able to find it within yourself, to recognize the blessing in your lives, to recognize the goodness in your life, that is, that is much more challenging. I'll share with you a tool that we've used in the past. I keep it on my desk and I utilize it. But uh, it's called, Thank You Hashem. It's a tzedakah box, if you could see it there. It is the grateful pushka, right? What are you grateful for today? Now, the whole point in this is that, and in it, you have, hold on, let me see if I can open it up. But there's a little notepad that I utilize, right? It's called the Grateful Pushka Notepad. And basically the point is that whenever you're grateful for something, right, we give tzedakah, we put in a pushka, but let's put 
our gratitude in a pushka as well. So you write down, Hashem, I'm grateful that, you know, my, I'm alive today, right? Let's try to be as specific as possible. I'm grateful that my children are in school, right? Something who thought two years ago I'd be saying that, but I'm grateful my kids are in person, in school. I put in the pushka. Now, why do I love this so much? Because you're not just recognizing what you're grateful for. But then even during the challenging times, when you're going through a hard day, or it's hard to see what you're... You pull this out, and you open up the notes, and you remember everything that you're grateful for. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot I should be grateful that my kids are in school today. I forgot I should be grateful that something wasn't going to work out, and you know it, it ended up working out. Or maybe it didn't work out, and I'm just grateful to be alive, and I'm grateful to have... A, right? There are a myriad of things we could be grateful for. Sometimes we'll pull this out on a Friday night and we'll go through it. What was each child grateful for this week? What was I grateful for this week? What was my wife grateful for this week? It is a wonderful opportunity to reflect upon the blessings of Hashem. That is what David Amalek is encouraging us to do. Shima Elohim Shiva Hashem. Listen, I'm going to call out to you both in the good times and in the bad times. David is saying, from one end of the earth to the other, I call out to you, we'll say as pshat right now, which means that when my heart is encircled with pain, Mitsudas David over here points out, when we cover ourselves with the tzitzis. So Mitsudas David says, when my heart is surrounded with difficulty, I call out to you so that you can grant me comfort, so that you can um, save me from the precarious situation that I'm in. The Radak has a little bit different. The Radak says, oh, wait, let me finish the Pasuk, and then I'll get to the Radak. Right? From one end of the earth, I call out to you, even in the most difficult times. Bitsur Yarumi Menitancheni. What's Batsur? Tsur Tamim Poalo. Right? Tsur means from the rock. Bitsur Yarum. From a elevated rock. Tancheni. You will almost like grant me comfort. What is this elevated rock? Says the Radak. Hatsur, who? Eretz Yisrael. Imal David. Imal Galas. Right? The Tsur is Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is higher than many other lands. And the Radak says we could be speaking about David HaMelech and his personal life right now, or we could be talking about the Jewish people in general in terms of their experience in Gullus. But what is a Bitsur Yarum? What is the elevated rock? So if you think about it, I believe, Rapersh, thank you for reminding me, myself, I was thanking myself for reminding myself, but uh, Rapersh points out a magnificent idea here, right? When we say Miktzea Aretz, so David is now distanced. He's distanced from Eretz Yisrael. He's distanced from where he wants to be, right? There's comfort in being home. When you're distanced from home, so you don't feel as, you feel more agitated, you feel more anxious, you don't feel as settled, right? We went on vacation this summer and it was beautiful, it was amazing, I'm not complaining about it for one second, but there was something about coming home. There's something about being in your own bed. There's something about not living out of a suitcase, right? So David Amelech is far away. He's Mikseyaretz. He's like calling out. He's screaming to God from a faraway place. He says, When my spirit, devoid of strength, shrouds itself, and I am overcome by physical anguish and spiritual weakness, even when David is physically and metaphorically distanced from Eretz Yisrael, then I realize that all of my suffering was intended to lead me up to a height 
which I can never have scaled had I been left to myself without the purifying force of pain. Right? The elevated rock here, says Rafersh, is symbolic of how we are able to lift ourselves up even in the most challenging, difficult moments. David says, even though I'm going through a difficult time, I recognize that it's through this adversity, that it's through these challenges, that I will ultimately elevate myself to even a higher state, that is the bitsur yarum imenetancheni, right, that I'm going to ascend on a rock, I'm going to be elevated, I'm going to be uplifted from these experiences. We, of course, never, ever, ask for challenges. We don't wish challenges upon anyone. But David HaMelech nonetheless says that we do recognize that oftentimes it is through those challenges, it is through the adversity that we end up growing the most. So Miktea Aretz says the Radak is either a physical description, that I'm physically far from where I want to be. It's a, excuse me, it's a metaphoric description as well. The David feels distanced here. He feels far away because He's going through a difficult time. Batof libi, when his heart is consumed with tsaras. Bitsur yarumi menetancheni. But Hashem, you're going to lift me up. I recognize that whatever it is I'm going through, and whatever, you're going to lift me up. You're going to elevate me as a result of this experience. Pasuk 4. Ki ayisa li migdal oz oyev. Hashem, you have always been a fortress for me. And I have the amuna, I have the comfort that knows that you are going to be a fortress, you are going to be my um, oasis in this circumstance as well. The Radak says, There are many times that you have come and you have saved me. That's what gives me the confidence to call out to you again. That's why I know I'm going to call out to you again. Because you have saved me in the past, now I know you're going to save me again in the present. Now I know you're going to save me again in the future. Right, because you have done so much for me in the past, that gives me the confidence to cry out to you again as well. If you call out to someone and they never answer you, you know what you're going to do? You're going to stop calling. But we have a history. We have a tradition of Hashem answering our tefillos. And that's what gives us the, the, the courage, so to speak, to approach Hashem again and say, Hashem, I, I, I need that favor again. I know you're there. I know you're listening. I know you want what's in my best interest. And therefore I call out to you once again. Pasuk 5. Agura bo'alecha olamim. I will dwell in your tent forever. Echaseh b'seser knafecha sela. And I will hide myself. Right? I will take refuge, so to speak, in your sheltering, protective wings. What are we talking about here? So the Malbim over here points out a magnificent idea. Malbim says, what's olamim? Right, that I'm going to, agura ba'olecha olamim, that I'm going to live in your tent forever. Olamim. What is the olamim? So the Radak says, that's the Beis HaMikdash. Right, the David HaMelech, again, achashalti, I just want to live in the Beis HaMikdash. I want to be comforted there. The Malbim says, no, olamim is something a little bit different. He ikr tfilasi, lo olam David HaMelech is not asking for temporary success. He is asking for eternal success, right? That I should live bo'alecha olamim. David says, I don't just want to be saved where I am right here and right now. But rather, I'm playing the long game. Olamim. 
I want to experience eternality. I want to experience nitzchias. Lagur olam ba'oal Hashem. I want to live in Hashem's house forever. I want to tap into not just the ephemeral, that which is here and gone tomorrow, but I want to tap into something that is much more significant. Olamim, right? This world and the next world as well. The Gemara in Bechoros on this Pasuk says a similar idea, but also a little bit different. And I want to draw your attention to it. I just need to pull it up quickly. Says the Gemara in Bechoros on Daf Lamed Aleph Amid Beis. A beautiful idea. Says Rav Idi Sarsei Drav Sheshes. Have a Fine. So, okay, they're in the study hall, right? And all of a sudden he says the following, right? Rav Sheshes, let me get the Gemara on quickly, right? Rav Sheshes says, the one who stung me, let him be stung by a scorpion. Rav Idi quoted something he heard from Rav Sheshes, but he didn't say it in Rav Sheshes' name. So Rav Sheshes gets all insulted at Rav Idi. So the Gemara says about Rav Sheshes, Rav Sheshes mina. What does Rav Sheshes care whether it is quoted in his name or whether it is not quoted in his name? Answers the Gemara to Amr of Yehud Amarav, my dechsiv agura bo alecha olamim. What is the understanding of our pasuk in Tehillim that I will live in your tent olamim forever? So says the Gemara, v'chi efshel adam lagor b'shnei olamim. Is it possible for a person to live? In two worlds at once? That is it possible to live in this world and in the next world simultaneously? Ella, Amar David, rather, David Amal says, Ribona Shalolam, Yomru Davar Shmua Mipi Baolam Right? In other words, one opinion is that David Amal is saying that say, like, let, let the halachas that I say continue even after I pass into the next world. In other words, everything I lived for, people should remember. They should remember the Torah that I taught. But now listen to the comment of Rav Yochanan Mishum Rav Shimbar Yochai. Kol Tamar Chacham Shaomrim Davar Shmua Mipid Ba'olam Azeh Sif Sosav Dovavos Bakever. That whenever we quote a Torah scholar who is no longer alive, his lips are moving in the grave. What does the Gemara Bechoros tell us? How can you be alive in this world and in the next world as well? Well, the Torah that we share in this world allows us to remain, quote-unquote, alive, even after we are gone. The chesed that we participate in in this world allows us to be alive in the world to come. So, David HaMelech is saying, I want to live in two worlds, in this world, but also in the next world, I want it to be as if I'm in this world. Because people are still going to be quoting my Torah, and people are going to be remembering the impact that I made, and people are going to remember the chesed that I did. That is, says the Gemara in Bechoros, is how we live Ba'olamim, in two worlds. That in this world, and even in the next world, we continue to be alive because our legacy, the impact that we made, the Torah that we shared, the chesed that we participated in, that continues long after we are gone. An amazing idea from the Gemara in Bechoros, based on our Pasuk. David HaMelech says, Agura Hashem, I just want to live an eternal life. I want to live in a way that I made an impact. And I want to be surrounded. I want to be enveloped by your protective wings. Says the Malbim, Ad Khan, Sima Inyan. This is the, be- the end of section one. When David was going through the difficult time 
And even in the difficult time, he finds it within himself to sing praises to Hashem. Pasuk 6, as we start section 2. David HaMelech says, Ki Elohim shamata l'nedarai. Hashem, you listen to me. Nasata yirushas yirei shemecha. You gave an inheritance to those who followed in your ways. What does that mean, right? You've granted the requests of those who have listened to you. So what are we talking about here? What is this in reference to? So most of the Mephorshim say, what's Yerushas Yirei Shemecha? And as you've given the inheritance to those who have followed you, says the Radak, O El Moed, O Beis HaMikdash. Right? In other words, we're talking, and again, this is consistent with the Radak's understanding. They're talking about the Beis HaMikdash. Hashem, you have given us our heritage. You brought us back to the Beis HaMikdash. You brought us back to the O El Moed. Others say that what are we talking about here? We're not necessarily talking about the fact that Hashem brought us to Eretz Yisrael, but rather we are talking about the fact that, as the Radak, as the Mabim says, You gave me, you made me the king. You listened to me. And you promised me that if my descendants follow in your way, then they too will experience the Yerusha of Malchus. So whether we're talking about going to the base of Mikdash, whether we're talking about David HaMelech's acknowledgement of Hashem, that he made us, that he made him the king, that is now David singing out from success. You heard my vows. You granted the request. What are we talking about again? You made me king, exactly as you promised. I know you're going to bring us back to the base of Mikdash. Exactly as you promised. Now, Pasuk 7, it was a, it's a famous song. I'll explain why in a second. Yamim al yamei melech tosif. We ask, or David asks Hashem to add days to the king's life. Shnosav kemodor vador. That may expend, extend his influence, so to speak, for generations to come. You might be familiar with these words because we sing that when a Tamar Chacham comes into the room, right? There's a song that we sing. You may have heard that song when, for example, if Schechters visit our community, when Russia Weiss has visited our community, right? Because what are we asking? That Hashem should add life to not a physical king, but our spiritual kings, which are Torah giants, right? May their impact last for eternity. So that's why you might be familiar with this song just a little bit. What, what is this Pasuk talking about? So most of them of Horshim say, this is either talking about David himself, that David HaMelech is asking Hashem for Siyat Nishmaya. He says, Hashem, you made me a king, now give me the ability to succeed in this position. Yamim al-yamim grant me long life. Other of Horshim, the Radak, for example, says that this is talking about Melech HaMashiach, that when you bring us back from Galus and you, you bring Melech HaMashiach, so again, he too should have Arichas Yamim Vishanim. Listen to what Raversh says here. A beautiful idea. Says Raversh, the days of my kingship, the days of my rule as king are limited. They will end when I depart from this earth. David recognizes that even though he has achieved enormous success, at the end of the day, he is here one second and gone the next. Therefore, says David, but in accepting with favor the spiritual vow of my life. In other words, by dedicating myself to you, Hashem. I just skipped it on. Right, by dedicating myself to you, Hashem. 
So what does David HaMelech hope? You have given me the promise of a life that will extend beyond the days of my kingship and my years will be as long as the generations of men. Again, it's the sense of eternality, says Refersh. David recognized that even though he's experienced incredible success, he is the king. Nonetheless, he knows there's going to be a time when he's no longer going to be alive. And so what he davens to Hashem is, Yamim al Tosef, add on years to my life. Not in this world. I understand I'm a human being. I'm gonna, there's a limit to how much I can live here. But, right, you've given me the promise that my life will extend beyond my days. That the impact that I made, that all of my efforts are going to extend beyond my physical existence on this earth. If there was one comment in this parak, which I think captures what you and I crave more than anything in the world, it is this tefillah of David HaMelech, where David HaMelech says, Yamim al Melech Tosef. Because there are various points in all of our lives when we confront our mortality where we recognize that there's going to be limit to our physical existence on this earth. And it's our confrontation with our mortality that we say to ourselves, what have I accomplished? What have I achieved? What impact have I made that will be shnosav kemo dor vador? That will be everlasting as long as the generations of mankind to come. What impact have I made? And then we look to Hashem and we almost dive into Hashem. And we say, Hashem, please give me that sense of fulfillment. Please give me that sense of purpose. Please give me the opportunity to create that impact that will be felt by the cosmos and mankind for eternity to come. And this really is not just a tefillah then of David HaMelech, but it's a tefillah of every single one of us. I think it is one of the most innermost, deepest desires of any human being is that their life on this earth should not just be here one day, gone the next, but that the impact that they made should last for generations to come. Yamim al melech tosef shnosav kemodovador is the tefillah of every single one of us to Hashem. That whatever it is we've been engaged in throughout our lives should have meaning, should have an impact, and should have a legacy. That is what that Pasuk is talking about. Pasuk 8 we say, Yeshev Olam Lifnei Elohim, Chesed Ve'emes, Man Yin Siruhu. A very powerful Pasuk. We say to Hashem, Yeshev Olam Lifnei Elohim, that may I dwell in Hashem's presence my entire life. Again, this is where the Malbim got that notion of Achashalti, that I only have one request. Right? Yeshev Olam Lifnei Elohim, I just want to live before you, Hashem. Chesed Ve'emes, Man Yin Siruhu. That you should appoint, right, man, most of the Mepharshim, we'll see not all, most of the Mepharshim understand that the word man means an appointment, right? Mitsuda Sion says, Inyan Hazmana, that it's preparing, right? That you should appoint before me, Chesed and Emes. Chesed is kindness, love. Emes is more Midas Hadin. It is strict judgment. What is this Pasuk talking about? Mitsuda David says, that what are we talking about here? Lifnei Elohim, bebeis mikdash, mibli laleches laeretz amim li lachimbam. David Amelach wants to stay in Yerushalayim. He wants to stay in the beis hamikdash. He does not want to go out and fight anymore. Now the reason why I love this comment of the Metudas David is because it really highlights, it sensitizes us to the tension of who David Amelach is. Right? 
we've studied this a little bit when we studied Sefer Malachim Bez, Malachim Aleph, excuse me, a number of years ago. We spoke about David. It's probably six, seven years ago. We spoke about David and how David lived a dual personality. And there's a tension even within, like, who is the real David? Is David the warrior, the king, or is David the tzaddik, the author of Tehillim? Now, part of the beauty is he's both. But the chap is, David Amalek is revealing who his true self is right now. David says, am I the warrior? Am I the guy who loves to go out to battle? Or, or, or do I just want to live with you, Hashem? And he says, I'm, I'm, I'll do those tasks. You've appointed me for those tasks. But who am I at my core? At my core is, I want to be in the Beis HaMikdash. I don't want to go out to battle. I don't want to wage wars. Right? What do I want? I want to... Yeshev Olam Lifnei Elohim. I want to live before you. That is who I really am. Yes, I wear lots of hats. I'm a lawyer. I'm a doctor. I'm an accountant. Right? I wear lots of hats. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a parent. I'm a friend. I'm a colleague. I'm a neighbor. We all wear lots of hats. But you know who we are in our core? Is someone who craves Yeshev Olam Lifnei Elohim. Halavai. Halavai, we could all just spend all day dwelling in the house of Hashem. Basking in our service towards him, right? Here's where the Malbim comes out and says, right? Kemasha Kasav. This is exactly like we said in chapter 27. Shifti beves Hashem kol yimei chayai. Kol zed divrei nedarav. Ata yomer hamishorer. Right? That is his promise. That is his plea. Now he says a song to Hashem. Kain azamra shimchalad. I am going to sing praise to you forever, right? L'shalmi nidrai yom yom, so that I can fulfill my pledge to you every single day. Says the Malbim, Sheishei b'chol yom mevez Hashem, v'sham azamra shemecha ve'alad tamid. Why do I want to be in Yushalayim? Not just because I don't want wars and I'm sick of fighting and I'm sick of the death and being away from my family. That's not what it is, says David HaMelech, right? Sheishei b'chol yom mevez Hashem, I want to be in your house. Why? So that I can sing your praise. So that I can learn your Torah. So that I can dive into you with more menuchas anefesh. Right? Why do we want the gifts that we want in this world? Why do I want a nicer house? Why, why, why do I want a different car? Why do I want more financial security? Right? Why do I want those things? So David Amalek says, everything that I want is for one simple purpose. And that is to be able to praise you. That's why I want the gifts that you give me, Hashem. Right? We're going to come, we're going to ask Hashem for a lot of gifts over the next two weeks. Rosh Hashanah, we're going to ask for a lot of things. But really, it's, it's pointing the finger at us and saying, what do we use those gifts for? What do we utilize them for? Do we utilize them in service to ourselves? Or do we utilize them in service to Hashem? Rav Hirsch, on the Pasuk 8 of Yeshev, has a beautiful interpretation. He says, David says, that if I indeed had remained on my throne before God in spiritual leadership, extending beyond the span of my physical existence. In other words, if I want this sense of eternality, then my stay on earth cannot bear the stamp of undisturbed bliss. Right? If you want the reward, then you, you can't just cruise through life, says Reverse. It's for this reason that I must come to know Midas Hadin and Midas Arachamin, judgment and mercy, MS and Chesed. Because spiritual work can have significance for all times to come. Only if life will bring me a share of sorrow and anguish as well as gladness and rejoicing. 
In other words, you can't have the reward without the difficulty along the way. Says Rav Hirsch, if you think, why, why is it MS and Shalom? MS and Chesed? Why is it need both of them? Because Rav Hirsch says it's only through both of them that you'll come to experience the reward that you want. If you think you're going to cruise through life, if you're going to think you're never going to experience hardship, then you're missing out on what life is about. Yeah, life's about many joyous opportunities. But life's hard. And sometimes life is bitter. And sometimes life is difficult. But it's that path through which we achieve the ultimate sense of eternality that we are so desperately craving for. Sometimes that means pushing ourselves. Sometimes that means going through those hardships. But it is through that, says refers in his understanding of this Pasuk, that I will come to my real goal, which is living a life of eternality. Lastly, I'll share with you a Gemara. The Gemara on this Pasuk says, Man yinsuru. So we, based on the comment of Mitzudah Sion, says, Man, and as you should prepare for me. You should prepare for me that this is going to guard me. But where else do we know the word man from? Man is from the man in the desert, right? The spiritual food that God gave us. So this is the Gemara Erevin, the Gemara Erevin, An, Daf, Pei, Vav, Amar Aleph, says the following, Rebbe Mechabed Ashirim, that Rebbe would give honor to the wealthy people. In Rabbi Akiva Mechabed Ashirim, so too Rabbi Akiva would give honor to the wealthy people. Why? Kedadarish Rav Barmari, as Rav Barmari learned, Yeshev Olam Lifnei Elohim, Chesed Ve'emes Man Yinsuru. Our Pasuk, Eimasai Yeshev Olam Lifnei Elohim, when do we merit living before God's throne? When do we merit that closeness to Hashem? Bizman shechesed ve'emes man When he appoints man, but again, there's a play on words here, mercy and truth. So Murray is essentially explaining that the word man here is referring to appointing, preparing for us, but it's through the man. The word man is a reference to food. It's a reference to portions of food, and he's therefore interpreting our Pasuk as follows. That if you appoint food for others, if you provide food for other people, that's the person who will be enthroned before God. That's the person that we have to show honor and respect to. Right? So it's proper to honor a wealthy person, but only the wealthy person who uses his money to give to other people. That's the person we honor. We honor those who share their food, with other people, provide food for other people. That is the Gemara in Erevin in interpreting our Pasuk. So the great Sadikim, they gave honor to the wealthy people, not because you give honor to the wealthy people because they're wealthy, but because it's how they chose to use their wealth. If you use your wealth to feed the hungry, yes, we're going to honor you then. If you use your wealth to support, to, yeah, then we're going to honor you. So that's how they understand this Pasuk. Or Amari was saying, is that if a person provides food for other people, that is the person who's yeshev olam b'lifnei Elohim. That is the person who merits dwelling in the house of Hashem. So we study a chapter again that we were randomly up to. And yet, we see now how it has such meaningful significance for the month of Elul. How we are drawn in so many different directions. And yet, we always come back to our center, to our core, which is yeshev Olam Lifnei Elohim. That's just what I crave, Hashem. Achas Sha'alti, Pasuk 27. The only thing I want is Shifti Beis Hashem. That's what Elul's about. Elul's about a recognition that wherever we are tugged and pulled over the coming year, I just want one thing, Hashem. 
and that is to, to live with you. Hopefully we gave meaning not just to chapter 61 of Tehillim, but we gave us some things to think about, and hopefully a charge for the month of Elul of what it is that we're supposed to be coming back to, to finding our true inner selves amidst all the noise and chaos of the world around us. And with that, I wish everyone a beautiful week. We'll be back here for our three ideas in 30 minutes tomorrow.